Today, we're talking about President Biden's loan forgiveness plan. What are the ramifications for you as an investor? And whether you have a loan or you don't have a loan, what do you need to be doing right now? Join me today for Investing Secrets. Investing Secrets with Kevin Attride. Do not go out and buy fancy gadgets. Do not go and take a fancy trip. We are headed for turbulent times. I'm Kevin Attright and I'm on a mission to help you with investing secrets, empowering you to succeed financially, changing your financial perspective and growing your wealth in good times and in bad. And when the next crisis comes, those prepared to weather the storm will achieve great success while the world melts with fear. Today's episode has been made possible by our presenting sponsors, Living Wealth, Bank on Yourself with Private Family Financing, Wellings Capital, Build Wealth Through Diversified Recession-Resistant Commercial Real Estate, and Smead CPA, the next frontier CPA firm for strategic investors. Today we're talking about President Biden's loan forgiveness program. And what does it mean when millions of people are getting their debt forgiven? So you have to be hiding under a rock if you've not heard about President Biden's new loan forgiveness program that gives $10,000 worth of loan forgiveness or even $20,000 for lower income Americans. What does it mean? Well, I'm not going to go into the legality of it. There are some that argue that uh, it cannot be done this way. Others saying, well, there's historical precedent for it. Let's look past the politics. The right and the left are arguing both sides, especially in advance of the election. But I also want to ask the question, is this actually going to change the problem or is it really about helping certain people and disadvantaging others? But as we look at this from an investor viewpoint, I want to dig deeper into what do you need to be thinking about. So when the federal government forgives approximately $330 billion, yes, that's 330 followed by nine zeros. That's a lot of money. Taxes are likely to increase. And especially if you're a higher income earner, one organization estimates that you could pay $10,000 in additional taxes. Yes, you're going to pay for a student to have his or her loan forgiven. Okay, so taxes are going up and inflation is gonna continue to rise. I don't know how you can spend $330 billion without inflation going up. And the experts who say that they're trying to peg the inflation rate to 2%, spoiler alert, they haven't done that in a quite a long time. I don't know how the inflation rate cannot go up. Okay, so I wanna to speak to you as investors and there are two groups of you. The first are those with loans to be forgiven. The second are those without loans to be forgiven. So let's look at the first group. If you have a student loan to be forgiven, you just got an unexpected bonus. You no longer have to pay all of this money. And that's a great thing, but do not, and I repeat, do not go out and buy fancy gadgets. Do not go and take a fancy trip. We are headed for turbulent times and you need to get your financial house in order. So what I want you to think about is how you take these extra payments that you were making and how do you put them first into an emergency account? If you do not have three to six months 
of liquid emergency savings, you need to do this right away. And you know my my advice, don't hold on to cash. So think about ways that you can earn a larger amount of interest, especially if you're doing your own private bank. Think about how you have this emergency fund. Next, if you have your emergency fund, you need to buy assets. And most people don't really understand what an asset is. The definition of an asset is something that puts money into your pocket on a monthly basis. So you might have to challenge your current way of thinking and look at what you currently are calling assets. Do they put money into your pocket monthly? So the money you were putting into your student loan, I want you to put them into assets. And many people like the stock market. They put money in, they see uh, it going up, uh, although we're seeing a lot of volatility, and I'm not the biggest fan of the stock market. I'm not a fan of the volatility that is challenging to understand what's about to happen. Uh, the manipulation that we see in the markets, especially with power players. I'm not a fan of all the fees, and I'm not a fan of the taxes. Yes, very few people actually take into account when they calculate their return, the taxes to be paid on it. That's your inflation adjusted rate of return. And we've done a past episode talking about how you look at it and how you calculate it. So that's the stock market. Many people like it. I like real estate better. More Americans have gotten wealthy off real estate than any other asset class. And here are just a few simple reasons why. First is cash flow. The cash on cash return is monthly money that is put into your pocket passively because of real estate, and that is critical. Second is appreciation. If you have a piece of real estate, whether it be your primary residence or uh, income-producing real estate, you know that appreciation is really powerful, and perhaps one of the most powerful aspects of how you increase the value of your investment over time, especially when you're using leverage, when you use a loan. Perhaps you can even gain as much as five times the amount that you receive on that appreciation. So the historical appreciation is 6%, and that's really what many in the stock market are targeting as a good average return over many years. So just appreciation alone, the historic appreciation is giving you the amount of return that many in the stock market are estimating. But then you add leverage, perhaps as much as five times, and a 30% return just by appreciation, and that's some of the best returns that those in the stock market can see in just one year or in a quarter. Next, I wanna talk about tenant loan repayment. And this isn't really thought of as often as others, but you think about when you have real estate, you have a tenant or you have a consumer paying you on a monthly basis. And when you have that loan, that tenant or consumer using your real estate is paying down your debt. This mortgage pay down is ultimately building you equity. And that equity can be harvested either by refinancing or a HELOC or a 1031 exchange. Or if you're a long-term buy and hold investor, you pay down that loan and ultimately you have a large asset that has no debt on it. Lastly are taxes. Taxes are your biggest expense in life. And for real estate, taxes are of great advantage for this asset class. Ultimately, 
When you look at the business of a real estate, the expenses offset the income, especially depreciation. And so ultimately, much of the cash flow that you produce by real estate is tax-free. Not necessarily all of it, but most of it can be. And you need a really good tax strategist to help you with this. So again, that's cash flow, monthly cash flow, that's appreciation, tenant loan repayment, and taxes. That's why real estate is of great importance. So first and foremost, if you have a loan, I want you to focus on how you have emergency reserves. And two, how do you buy assets with this money that you're putting off? Okay, and for the second group, if you do not have a loan, what do you need to be thinking about? Much of what I've already said applies to you. You need an emergency fund, you need to be buying assets, but you don't have that extra income coming your way because of the loan cancellation. In fact, you just have more taxes and more inflation. So what I want you thinking about is how do you get your financial house in order? How do you take conservative positions? How do you ensure if you're heavily in the stock market, how are you ensuring that the positions you take when greater volatility, greater turmoil, potentially large market swings, negative market swings, how are you ensuring that you're not going to lose significant money? Or if you've already lost significant money, how do you ensure that you're not losing more? How do you make sure that you're buying assets that put money into your pocket on a monthly basis? And I want you to consider real estate if you don't already have some. Whether you're thinking about single family residence, whether you're thinking about multifamily, whether you're thinking about more active of buying and operating it using a property manager, or if you're thinking about syndication or crowdfunding for the passive side of it, think about how you can leverage real estate as an asset to put money into your pocket monthly. How do you practice the system of personal financial management? And I want you to think about how you pay yourself second. Yes, you heard me correctly. How do you put your personal mission first? And if you're a Christian like me, you're returning to God. You're furthering this mission to be a blessing to people and to help people to see Christ. If you're not a Christian, I'm sure that you have a personal mission and philanthropic advances to be a blessing to others. And then I want you paying yourself second. Think about how you are creating your reserves and your investment vehicle to further your own finances to think about how you invest in assets. And there are a number of ways on how you best put your money into reserves and how you put your money into the right investment vehicles. And that's for a later time. But I want you thinking about paying yourself second. Then you can pay others third. You pay your creditors, your bills, you pay all the other obligations that you have. And then lastly, then you have discretionary spending for the trips, the gadgets, everything else that you want. Not necessarily that you need, but everything else that you want. So think about that order. Your personal mission first, yourself second, your bills and creditors third, and then your discretionary spending last. So I want you to think about it because challenging times are ahead. And it doesn't take a rocket scientist to understand the economic landscape and the national and international geopolitical challenges on the scene. 
And so I want you thinking about how you have healthy reserves. How do you make sure that you have positions of cash? And I really mean metaphorical cash because you don't want to actually be holding a lot of, of physical cash or just have a lot of physical cash in a commercial bank. I want you to leverage private banking, your own private bank for your reserves or physical gold and silver. But I want you to have metaphorical cash on hand for the investment road ahead, for the great assets that can be had in a down market. I want you to be ready. And there are more investing secrets that are quite powerful for you to build and maximize your wealth. As a matter of fact, I've created a free guide to help you to be more effective in your investing journey. It's called the top investing hacks the exclusive rich are not telling us. And I want you to take action right now by clicking the link in the description below. I want you to have this exclusive access so that you can understand the strategies and the tactics the rich use to maximize and grow their wealth. All right, it's time for you to experience financial freedom. The information contained in this episode are opinions not to be used as individual guidance. As always, consult your own financial team for your investment decisions.